Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Ephesians with chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, which reads, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he faithfully teaches this passage in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Walk Like This. Look what he says. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral... That's the same word as immorality in the, first, in the verse before it. No immoral or impure person or covetous man. That's immorality, impurity, and greed. No immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater. That's the essence of any sin. You're making something more important than pleasing God, so you're an idolatry. No immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Now, think about it. We could go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There's an even uglier, if possible, list of sins there and sinful kinds of people. And then Paul has that great statement in, I think it's 6.11, and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. In other words, to come to Christ changes you. It removes you from that kind of walk, that kind of lifestyle, that kind of thinking, that kind of speech, that kind of behavior. So think about it. Will it show up in a person's pattern of life if that person is unsaved still in their sin, unregenerate, still spiritually dead, totally depraved, that is, following in the footsteps of Adam who led us into sin, and living for the flesh. If you're unsaved, unregenerate, depraved, and living for the flesh, is that going to affect the way you live? Of course it is. It'll dominate it. So, is it possible for a person like that, who now becomes saved regenerated, made righteous in Christ, 
and indwelt by the Holy Spirit, can you be that without it showing up in your life? (laughs) No. It's different. Why you might say, in Christ, you are a new creature. That's why it's legitimate to say, when you see these things bubbling up in your life, and you will because you still battle the flesh until you're set free from the body of this death, when you see those things bubble up, it's perfectly legitimate to say, stop, wait a minute, put off the old man like a filthy, stinky garment that you can't wait to get off and get in the shower. Strip that thing away. Let your mind be renewed by the Word of God and put on the new man. Replace that old outward appearance with the newness of life that you have in Christ. It's interesting to me that nearly 2,000 years ago, Paul could tell these Christians in Ephesus that this was something that they knew with certainty. And now, we've developed a version of Christianity that often says, oh, it's not our place to put any, any demands upon a person who professes to know Christ. Well, actually... Yeah, it is. And we are to love each other enough to provoke each other to love and good deeds, says Hebrews chapter 10, to to come alongside and reprove and rebuke and exhort with great patience and instruction, to to pray for each other, to care for each other, to, to want to build each other up in Christ. And would you notice at the end of that, verse 6, for because of these things, The wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. God will judge people according to their deeds. All the books will be open. Everything you've ever done, said, thought about, all exposed in the light of day. And if any of it in any way falls short of glorifying God, you will be justly, fairly, and appropriately rewarded with eternity in the lake of fire, tormented day and night, forever and ever. Unless, unless you stand in Christ. And God, instead of seeing all of your deeds, looks down and sees the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, which has been credited to your account. My friends, the wrath of God is coming. Hasn't been poured out yet. Want to see how ugly it'll be? Go study Revelation chapters 6 through 19, where during the seven years before Jesus returns, the wrath of God is poured out. The day of the wrath of the Lamb has come. Don't you love that term at the end of Revelation 6? The wrath of the Lamb. You know, I've seen angry lions, I've seen angry bears, um, I've seen angry vipers. A lamb? Really? But he's the lamb who took the punishment for our sins. And so, you could think of the wrath of God this way. Best illustration I've ever heard of it. Think of a gigantic vat suspended over the earth. Huge cauldron. And it's suspended just a little bit off-center. Every time someone sins, that's, you know, pretty much every nanosecond, a drop of the wrath of God falls into that cauldron. 
and it's filling up. And when it's full, remember it's suspended a little bit off center. It will reach the tipping point and the whole thing will turn over and be poured out. That's what Jesus was talking about in John 3.36. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. For anyone who doesn't know Christ, the cauldron's going to tip. The wrath is going to be poured out. It's going to be terrible. And it's going to be perfect and righteous and holy and just and good because that's what God is and He can not, not punish sin and be a good God. But if you're in Christ, He on that cross took that wrath for you. He absorbed it. And all your sin is placed on Him. He paid the penalty so that now you can stand, as Ephesians says 27 times, in Christ. And that's how God sees you. And that wrath won't touch you. Oh, how could that be true and you not want to walk like it, act like it, live like, live, live like it? It's an absolutely transforming, glorious manifestation of the grace of God. And let's pray. Our Father, please remind us every day that this passage is addressed to all of us who belong to You in Christ. And obeying these things is how we choose to give You glory, how we choose to thank You for Your goodness, how we choose to show people around us what You do when You make someone a new creature. Father, I pray that every soul who hears these words and does not know You through faith in Your Son is not yet in Christ. Would You at this moment please move them to call upon You for Your mercy? Would You call them into Your kingdom by the work of Your Holy Spirit? Would You change them? Would You make them fit that description of such were some of you? And now as we prepare to leave this place of sweet fellowship and to go about our business in the world, please renew our minds each day. Keep us from careless speech. Remind us that this applies not only to what we say with our mouths, but also to what we think, what we post in cyberspace. Lord, we want to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called Teach us to do that and to do it with grace. Teach us to avoid wallowing in the wrong places when we stumble. Let no one deceive us with empty words. We would never want to speak or participate in those things for which Your wrath comes upon the sons of disobedience. So as Your beloved children, help us be imitators. Convict us as necessary. Reprove us as often as we need it. Correct us by reminding us of your truth and of good examples and train us that we can say, be imitators of us and of the Lord. May the way that we walk, even this week, be to you a fragrant aroma. And we come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen.
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.